Welcome to The Shiv Show, where we are all about people getting to know people. We are here to humanize the individual behind their brand and share their story with the world, with, of course, a few laughs in the mix. Now, it's time for your host, Australia's most Canadian podcaster, and just like the knife, Shivran. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Shiv Show. I am so pumped and excited to bring you the show. I feel like I've been talking about it for months I probably have, but uh, been working on this for about a year now, and it's finally here. So I want to just say quickly, thank you so much to everybody. I've been receiving messages from everybody around the globe, whether you're in Trinidad, Canada, Australia, US, anywhere for that matter, and you've been sending me messages. Thank you so much. They mean a lot, and they keep me going. So again, thank you, everybody. Now, this show is all about people getting to know people, and you probably heard me say that a few times. But it is extremely simple, right? Every single person has a story. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you're doing, how you're doing it, you have an individual story. And I want the Shiv Show to be the platform, to be the stage, to come on here and share your story. So if you'd like to share and you know anybody interesting that you'd love to hear on the show, give me a shout and we can make that happen. So I've lined up some amazing and impressive guests to be on their show. And I'm telling you, when you hear their stories, you're going to feel very connected. Ah, They talk about their trials and tribulations. They talk about their challenges, their failures, their successes, and most importantly, how they, how they got to where they are now, how they stay in that positive mindset, despite being through all the bullshit that life threw them you know, many years ago or even, even recently. So my thought process behind this whole thing, behind the whole shift show was, was very simple, and I keep using the word simple, but that's exactly what it was. Now, there's 7 billion people on the planet. I am one of them. <laughs> I love to hear their stories because their stories actually motivate me. Anybody's stories motivate me because, like I said, everybody has a story. So the Shiv Show is all about sharing their story and with the hopes of, of you listening and maybe it helping you in some part of your life. So before we jump into the episode, guys, I encourage feedback. Please leave me a review on, on Apple or iTunes. Uh, that is going to keep me going and that's actually going to tweak this. You know, th this is all brand new to me. So please leave a review. I'd love to get your thoughts. Just a couple housekeeping rules, guys. If you are easily offended, maybe this show isn't for you. We are 100% real on this show. If you don't like swearing and mom, this one's for you. Mom, I'm sorry in advance. There's going to be a lot of swearing on the show. You know, my mom is, uh, she always says, Shivy, and she's training. Shivy, oh God, don't swear, boy, please. Don't swear, that's nasty. <laughs> Mom, listen, I'm sorry in advance because uh, there's going to be a lot of F-bombs being dropped on the Shiv show. So who the hell is this Shiv guy and why is he so cute, right? I mean, isn't that the question going through everyone's head? I wish. Listen, <laughs> episode zero, this episode right here, is all about Shiv. It's all about your host. And I think it's pretty important because I want you guys to know exactly who I am. I want you to connect with me. I am 100% real. What you hear on this podcast is exactly what you would hear out on the streets of Toronto or streets of Sydney or wherever the hell you catch me, at the gym, at the bar, at work. What you hear on this podcast is really me and I wanted to make it really important. So here's what I did. Episode zero, not episode one, episode zero. 
I went around to my friends across the world and I said, hey guys, I think I'm starting a podcast show. I'm not sure yet. Why don't you do this? Send me a whole bunch of questions that I can answer on episode zero. So they came back. There's about 60 or 70 questions. And listen, I filtered through them because some of my friends, you know who you are. Some of my friends are assholes. <laughs> they sent me some questions that I probably should not answer on this podcast. So I filtered them out and uh, I've answered most of them. But there are so many to get through, guys. Let's jump right into it. So question numero uno. Question number one is from a friend in Toronto, and she asks, what do you see as your main gain from moving to Australia? So what have I, I guess, what have I gained from moving out to Australia? Now, I'll give you a little backstory. I was home for Christmas in Toronto, in Brampton, and I ended up just sitting on the couch with my mom, and I was talking to her, and I said, Mom, you know, I don't think I can ever say that I've, I'm leaving Australia with nothing. You know, if I ever decide to leave, I can never say that I'm leaving with nothing because the relationships and the friendships that I've developed and made in the past year has been amazing. The people that I've met out here, uh, the things that I've learned out here from, from people that I've met has been crazy. So I think my main gain would be to develop, uh, I guess, the relationships that I've developed and the friendships that I've made. And, and some of those are, for example, my, my flatmate, flatmite, or whatever, however they say it, my accent sucks. Um, <laughs> my flatmate here in Australia has become like a brother to me. You know, that is a huge relationship that I, that I hold very close to me because, you know, I came out here knowing no one, actually, as a matter of fact, two people, but the, the fact that I've developed a relationship with somebody that I can trust out here in Australia that is very close to my friendships that I have at home uh, is very, very special to me. Now, at work, I'm in a team of, of me and two other guys. It's three of us. And these guys are two guys that I look up to every single day. Um, that, to me, is something that I will take everywhere with me, that friendship right there. It's, it's solidified. It's been solidified since day one. Uh, you know, we're a year into being on the same team, and and it's amazing. So, Ross and Anthony, if you guys are listening, I hope you are. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Ronnie. Ronnie V, who I'm sure some of you will hear as a co-host in some of the future episodes. Uh, thank you very much. And again, to everybody else that I've met out here, a lot of the expats um, from, from San Francisco, a lot of the other people from Vancouver and Toronto that I've met out here, um, Everybody's been amazing. So sorry to stretch on this question, but main gain from moving to Australia has definitely been the friendships that I've made and the relationships that I've developed. So another question I got, question number two I got from uh, from a friend. She asks, Shiv, what motivates you? Now, I'm going to change it up a little bit and I'll explain why. Things motivate me, but I think, like I said before, people actually motivate me a lot more than a certain thing. Yes, some goals do, but people definitely do. So like I said, first and foremost is people's stories. That keeps me going. I love to hear people's stories. If if they're in a situation and I can somehow help, that actually motivates me. Um, now, people that motivate me are people like Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Aaron Sansoni, Deepak Chopra, Robin Sharma. I can keep going. These are all famous names. Now, there are a lot of people that aren't famous that also motivate me. And these are mentors that I have at work, mentors that I have outside of work, people that I've met on the train here in Australia. 
people that I've met in a coffee shop <laughs> that have become my mentors. So people motivate me a lot more than things. I think, yes, we all want the fancy cars and the big houses, and those are goals to keep me going. But in terms of what motivates me, it's more of a question of who motivates me. And that is, you know, a lot of different people. And I, I think I talk about mentorship a little bit later. But it's surprising to see how many mentors you can have. And, and some of them are completely different, right? So I'll get into that a little bit more later. But again, so many types of different people keep me motivated. So here's another good one. Shiv, what are some of your nicknames? And I think I know where you're getting to. But one of my nicknames back in high school and college was Chubbs. And it was because I was freaking huge. <laughs> Honestly, I was a big boy. Uh, I think I was 300 pounds, which is about 140-ish kilos. I ended up losing 125 pounds, which is probably around 45 to 50 kilos. So I'm going to get into that journey. That's a whole different story by itself. We're probably going to be talking about that in the podcast later on. But Chubbs was one of my nicknames. Shivy is also another nickname of mine. My family calls me Shivy. Everybody in Canada and the U.S. and Trinidad, everybody calls me Shivy. Even some close friends call me Shivy. Um, if you want to call me Shivy, I'm totally cool with it. I love it. Now, another one of my nicknames that I like that I recently got is The Knife. Fucking love it. Now, <laughs> I went to a conference a few weeks ago, and uh, they asked if anybody wanted to share anything. So I stood up, put my hand up. I said, hell yeah, give me the mic. Um, now, every time I tell someone my name is Shiv, they're like, Shiv? Sh Sean? Shive? Like, what? What the? F what is that? So anyway, I, had, I felt the need to explain it, right? So I said, hey, guys, nice to meet everybody. My name's Shiv, like the knife. And there are about 300 people there. And every single person started laughing. I don't know if it was laughing with me or at me, but anyway, they started laughing. So the entire weekend, I was known as The Knife. I think people for totally forgot my name was Shiv. Uh, everyone called me The Knife. So if you want to call me The Knife, hell yes, I am totally up for that as well. Now, here is a good question. Shiv, do you hold any grudges? No, nah, I don't hold any grudges. <laughs> I, I don't I don't see a point of holding grudges. I talked before about me being positive. Like I'm a, I'm a very positive person. Anybody you know, you ask any of my friends or family, they'll tell you the same thing. I'm extremely positive. If I hold a grudge, that means I'm in a negative state. I do not believe in being in a negative state. I'd rather be in a positive state. I also think that if I'm holding a grudge, it means that I didn't confront the person uh, when they wronged me when I should have, which means it's my fault. If I bottle it in and go and tell the person next to me what that other person did, that's my fault, right? I mean, you know, I am an advocate for confrontation when it's the right time, when it's safe to do so. Um, so, yeah, I do not hold any grudges. Don't believe it. I think grudges are very, very childish and immature to hold. And, um, you know, if somebody wrongs you, you, you better let them know. Because if you wrong me, you you can be sure as hell that I will uh, I will let you know right then and there. <laughs> Here is a fun one, Shiv. What's your worst date story? And I'm not going to get into all the details, boys and girls. But um, worst date story. One comes to mind. Uh, long story short, because I'm not going to give you the, the full story. Um, yeah, went out with this girl after work uh, in downtown Toronto for a couple of drinks. I think it was around five o'clock. 
and um, we sat down. I think we had some tequila, and then we had some. I had some beer. Anyway, um, we ordered dinner. We were having a good time. Drinks kept flowing. It wasn't a. It wasn't a heavy night um, for me. Uh, long story short, I know I said that before, but I'll say it again. Um, let's just say that whatever she had for dinner ended up back on the table right in front of me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that is my worst date story and that is all I'm going to tell you. All right, so next question after that one, what was one of your biggest challenges in life? And I think my biggest challenge was when my dad passed away. So for those of you who don't know, my dad passed away about three years ago. And that was a huge challenge because, you know, it was unexpected, right? I mean, I think you grow up thinking that your parents aren't going to pass away um, because they're they're superheroes, right? So the fact that we kind of had to deal with an unexpected death of my dad, that was that was tough. And, and the one of the biggest challenges for me is, you know, I'm the only son. I have two sisters and, and my mom there. And my dad also has five sisters. So immediately I kind of had to become the sort of rock, right? The sort of rock for the family, which of course, you know, I'm not complaining. I, I, I loved being in that role. Um, but I, I say it's challenging because you don't have time to mourn or you cannot mourn right away because you have to somehow dig really deep and find that strength because, you know, I think everyone has it, but you need to find it. Um, and the thing is, you need to find it pretty damn quickly um, because you have so many people kind of looking to you to, to do what to, you know, see what to do next. So I think one of my biggest challenges was definitely um, dealing with my dad's passing and at the same time, you know, staying as a rock for my family. And I, I get into this in a few other podcasts and a lot of my guests you'll see have dealt with death of a family member, whether it's a parent or a child or, or someone else, um, you know, every story is really different. So, you know, I encourage you to listen to those and, uh, and really get a feel for, for the different types of mourning and the different types of challenges that people go through when they lose family members. So yes, biggest challenge was when I lost my dad. Um, it was also one of my biggest learning experiences as well, which I will dig into probably on a different podcast. Now, what brings a smile to my face? I think that would be food. I am the biggest foodie in the world. Um, I love food. I'm doing this sort of like, I think it's it's called isogenics. My buddy got me into it. Adrian, what's going on? My buddy got me into isogenics. Um, it's like a 30-day cleanse where you drink a lot of shakes and, you know, minimal food. And I'm doing it just to challenge my body because, you know, as, you know, I lost all the weight years ago, I, I love to continue to challenge my body. So, it's funny that I'm doing this because food brings a smile to my face. Here's the thing. Everything brings a smile to my face. I am, you might as well, my, my nickname might as well be Smiley. I smile for everything. My friends will tell you that. Um, even in awkward situations, I'll start smiling. It's pretty creepy, but <laughs> I'll do it anyway. Um, everything brings a smile to my face. And I think it's, I talked about positivity. I am extremely positive. I have some sort of force field of positivity around me. And I love to, I love to share it. I love to throw positivity at people. You know, I was telling a friend the other day that, you know, I, he's like, why are you so energetic when you walk into work? I said, why the hell not? You know, I don't want to come in and complain about how tired I am in the morning. Like, you just woke up. I don't want to come in and complain about how shitty the coffee is. 
or how shitty my lunch is. That that is just that's just a bad morning. You're asking you're asking for a bad morning. If you come in, if you walk into work with a negative sort of attitude, you're going to get exactly that. You're going to get a negative day at work. So who the hell wants to spend eight hours doing something they love but be negative about it? So my thought process is, fuck it. Walk into work every single day with a smile on your face. Leave all the bullshit at home if you can. You're at work. You're there to crush it. You're there to get paid. Smile. Get some positivity around you. Maybe, you know, what I do is listen to Tim Ferriss or Tony Robbins every morning. Pumps me up. I read a Robin Sharma book every morning. That pumps me up. Um, so, yes, going back to the question of what brings a smile to my face, the answer is everything and everyone. Here's a fun one. Shiv, if your house was on fire, what would you bring? The answer is passport, wallet, phone, pending. There's no family members in the house because I would obviously bring them first. Um, now, are you a boobs or butt person? Shit. Ah. Uh, I'm both. Sorry. I'm spoiled, people. Give me a break. Um, here's a good one. What have you what would you consider one of your assets and how have you improved on it since your move to Australia? Now I didn't answer this before. I did answer the question, but what I wanted to add was, you know, what puts a smile on my face is my ability to help people. So I think that my ability to help people has improved since Australia. And I don't know if that makes perfect sense, but what I mean by that is I, I just love helping people. It, it, it's the best feeling in the world. And what I've been doing since I got here is just doing volunteering or helping somebody move or helping them build something from Ikea or helping them do anything because that is or supporting a friend at a play or supporting a friend at anything. That helps me. And I think that if you put your time and effort into something, um, you, you'd be amazed at the feelings that you get out of it. Because like I said, you know, helping somebody to me is the best feeling in the world, or one of the best feelings in the world. Um, and, and I think that I've definitely worked on that. You know, I'm a lot more willing to help people. Although I was doing that in Toronto as well, I'm a lot more willing to lend a helping hand in Australia because it's, it's, I've made a conscious decision to try out or try going out and helping different people. Whether I know them a lot, whether I don't, and I never ask the question, you know, if I was in the situation, would they help me? That to me is a pessimistic attitude. Like I said, I'm positive. If I don't have any, if I don't get anything back in return, that's fine because what I'm actually getting back in return is satisfaction of helping somebody. So this question is, do you have any regrets? And the answer is, hell no, I don't. I do not have any regrets and the reason why is because I think everything in your life is a learning experience. No point of regretting it because that just means that you're looking back into the negative and I'm not a fan of looking into the negative. So no, I don't have any regrets. I remember when I was moving to Australia, a lot of friends, even some family members told me that I will regret moving to Australia and leaving my family and deserting my family and blah, blah, blah. And to be honest, zero regrets i will never ever look back at this experience and say i've regretted anything because again it's it's been the best experience of my life and i urge everybody to to do what i did and and jump and move somewhere where you don't really know anyone uh it, it really really helps so yes definitely no regrets on my end let's move over to the next question what are some of your fears love that question and i'll give you the backstory so i was actually at a conference an aaron sansoni conference 
in uh, in Australia. And, and Aaron Sansoni, one of my one of the, my greatest mentors out here in Australia, amazing guy. He really just makes you realize these things about you. And we get to write our fears on a board and then break through them. And actually, I have the board in front of me. Let me put it together because I broke the crap out of it. I'm going to read you some of the failures that I wrote there. And they were fear of failure and rejection, fear of judgment, fear of losing friends and family, fear that I won't be as good as I'm striving to be, fear of a massive weight gain, fear of jumping, fear of not making my parents proud, fear of being different, fear of death, fear of not having enough support, fear of stepping out of my comfort zone. I will tell you right now that when we broke through that board, all 200 people at that conference, my fears were out of the window. They just vanished. And I literally will cherish that memory for the rest of my life. It's it's amazing. I mean, it's such a small gesture and it changes you. And I remember fear of being judged was huge. And, and Aaron Sansoni got up on stage and he said this, and it really resonated with me. He said, what's the point of fearing about being judged? What's the point of being scared about being judged. If you go left, you go, you get judged. If you go right, you get judged. If you go backwards in life, you get judged. If you go forwards in life, you get judged. If you stay in the same damn spot, guess what happens? It's a no-brainer. You get judged. And just hearing that really changed, I guess, my way of thinking about things. I don't care about being judged. Who cares if people judge you? You have the confidence to go out and, and do something or say something good on you. I will applaud that, you know, nine times out of 10, if it's not offending anyone. Uh, I really, really support, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone and doing things and, and not being judged. This podcast, for example, this is brand new. So again, I apologize if there's any sort of audio issues, guys, I'm learning as uh, I go through this process. And, uh, you know, I think a couple of weeks ago before I went to that conference, I always had this podcast idea, like I said, for the past year. Yeah, I, you know, fear of being judged was there, but now it's not. I'm proud that I've actually started this and I'm doing this and I've lined up, like I said, an amazing roster of people and people are actually genuinely excited to come on the show and that just gets me going. So fear of being judged completely out the window and fear is just negativity. Fear is something that we learn. And one of the uh, things that we learned at the conference was that the only fear that you're born with is the fear of falling. Everything else is is learned or taught. And I thought about it. And, and, you know, when I was a child, I remember when I saw a spider, I would scream and run away. And the reason why is because I would spend a lot of time with my mom. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. And, of course, I had two sisters. And whenever they would see a spider, they'd scream and they'd run away. So I was taught to have that reaction when I saw a spider. And now that I think back, you know, all these fears, fear of failure, fear of rejection, we're, we're taught to have that because society teaches us that, you know, if you get rejected, then that's the worst thing that can happen. It really isn't. <laughs> you know, it's like I said, everything is a learning experience. So guys, do not have any fear. Try not to. I mean, it, it takes some time to snap out of it. But if you have a fear, guys, I'm here to help. Come and chat with me and uh, we can talk through it. All right, so next question. If you could be any type of fast food, what would you be and why? I would be a shawarma. Because who the hell doesn't like shawarmas? 
Seriously, it's exotic it's Middle Eastern. It's like it's like Aladdin. It's like the Aladdin of food. Who would say no to that? Next question: What brings you to tears? Onions. Who has the biggest impact in your life? Great question. And you know, I mentioned some of my mentors earlier, but I think the biggest impact in my life, who's had the biggest impact in my life, are my parents, my mom and dad. And the reason I say that is. You know, every decision that I make, I try to think of what my parents will say. And, and you know, maybe that's not the right way to look at it. And maybe I lied a little bit. I don't do that about every decision. But all the major decisions, you know, my career move. Although that, you know, although I'm, I moved away from my family and moved to Australia, I did think of, you know, how this is going to grow me as a person and how I'm going to better my family. Although my family may have seen it as I'm deserting them and I'm leaving them. Uh, it was really a decision that is going to make Shiv a better person. So how do I grow Shiv into a guy that's going to take care of his family? Um, you know, my dad as well, you know, I got a big picture of my dad in my room and I, I literally talk to it every morning. I talk to him every morning. I say, hey, dad, what's going on? You know, I hope you're proud of me. And I remember when my dad was alive, he always said, son, I'm, I'm very proud of you. But, you know, I, I, I consider myself to just, I was just working then. Now I'm doing all these cool things and I'm, I'm stepping out of the comfort zone and I'm, I'm meeting all these new people. So what I tell my dad every single morning is, dad, watch what I do. You know, you think you were proud then? Just watch what I do. So biggest impact in my life are my parents. Again, I mentioned, you know, Tony Robbins, Aaron Sansoni, Tim Ferriss, like these guys, you know, Deepak Chopra, Robin Sharma, these guys keep me so motivated. Um, they have such a huge impact in my life, you know. Even the the people from Brampton that made it, you know, Jess Rain, uh, Russell Peters, looking at Toronto, uh, Superwoman, you know, Lily Singh, Drake, these people actually motivate me. You know, they're from they're from Toronto, they're from my hometown. Um, they keep me going just because you know I want to be on the caliber that they are. They are just you can look at them. You know, ten years ago, these people were just original human beings like like you and I. And look at them now. They're giving back to communities. They're they're doing so well in their career. They're getting better and better and better. And that actually motivates me to be a bigger and better person. All right. So what would you do if it... Okay, I'm not even going to finish reading the rest of that question. Next question. Why do you eat canned chicken? Oh, all right. Backstory here. Guys, a couple years ago, back in Toronto, single bachelor, you know, living in living in my condo, just bought it had no money all my money was going towards my mortgage and towards my bills all i was doing was eating canned tuna and canned chicken breakfast lunch and dinner okay so whenever my friends used to come over i used to feed them <laughs> canned chicken and canned tuna because that's all i could afford you know and a, you know a couple occasional beers here and there so that is why i eat canned chicken shame on you guys my friends so-called friends for not bringing me real food okay shame on you where do you see yourself in 10 years? You know what? I'm, I'm going to change that to one year because I'll tell you the reason why. Two years ago, if you asked me where I would see myself in, in two years, I would have never said Australia. But opportunities arise and, you know, you got to jump at them. So where do I see myself in one year? I see myself, you know, still in Australia. I see myself really focusing on this podcast show, really trying to, get a lot of very, very cool and energetic people on the show that can share their stories, 
Uh, I'm writing a book and that's coming out in about three to four months. So stay tuned for that. It is called The Regular Effect and it talks about how to jump out of your comfort zone. Uh, I'm loving it so far. And again, three to four months that should be out. Um, and yeah, a year from now, to be honest, you know, like I said, the tech company that I'm working for, I love it. It's 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 a great company. It keeps me on my A game. It uh, really challenges me every single day. So I see myself doing that as well. I see myself doing a whole bunch of different things, speaking arrangements, um, speaking at events. I would love to do a TED Talk one day. That's that's probably 10 years from now. But uh, again, it's hard for me to make a plan, you know, two, five, 10 years from now because the type of person that I am, I love change and I, I adapt to change very well. So if you said to me, hey, Shiv, you know, the company you're working for now, you know, there's a lot of opportunity in Hong Kong. Can you go? And I would probably go home and pack my bags and be on the next flight out just because I love that. That that gives me the rush and that's the type of person that I am. So in 10 years from now, I have no idea. Will I be married? No idea. Kids? No idea. Um, but we'll see. You know, let's see what the future has in store for, for Chevy. So one of my buddies from Toronto asked me this question. Uh, Tell me about your weight loss experience. How has it helped shape you and who you are today and not just physically? Now, we're going to dig very deep into this in another podcast show. And I'm going to have a friend on here who's a bodybuilder who I am is just really impressive. But, and you know, we're going to be talking about health and, and how to lose weight and and, you know, what he's done and what I've done and whatnot. But anyway, here's a just a quick backstory about me. So remember waking up one morning and just having really, really bad heart pains and, and you know, heart pains run in my family. My grandfather passed away from a heart attack. My dad passed away from a heart attack. This was before my dad passed away. Now, got up in the morning, really bad heart pains. And, you know, this is when I was about 300 pounds. I went to the doctor and I remember the doctor telling me that, you know, I'm, I'm obese, I'm overweight. And if I keep doing what I'm doing by the time I'm 30, I, I'm not going to be here. And I was 20, 20 or 21 years old listening to that. You know, I was I was extremely pissed off. I remember leaving. I remember calling home saying, oh, the doctor called me fat. I got to go. <laughs> you know, I got to go and, uh, and, and, and blow some steam off. And I remember like, you know, going to KFC or something because that's what I used to do. KFC was actually my comfort food. And I remember sitting there eating and, and just wondering like, you know, what would it be like to be fit? What would it be like to walk up some stairs without losing my breath and you know anyway I continued eating went home went to bed that day and the next day I woke up and I said shit you know what let me try let me try this running thing everyone's always talking about this running thing let me try and mind you I was very fit growing up I was you know second degree black belt taekwondo Um, hello to everybody at masters taekwondo if you're listening Uh, great great place Oh, a lot of my childhood experiences to the to them, and so I was always fit growing up, and and then I just blew up and and you know got very big. So anyway, I started running that day. Woke up, started running, and when I say run, I don't mean run. I mean probably speed walking for 15, 20 seconds, getting out of breath, and then just slow walking. But eventually, if you don't quit, it's going to get better. Then I started jogging for 30 seconds and running for five minutes. Or sorry, walking for five minutes. And then jogging for a minute, walking for four minutes, then jogging for two, walking for two, things get better. And then eventually I started running for five and walking for one. And in 11 months, 11 short months after I changed my diet, I changed my 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 lifestyle, I changed the way I exercised. In 11 months, I lost 125, 125 pounds. So 
moral of the story, guys, it can be done. And you're taking it from a guy who thought he could never do it. And, and this is the thing. I decided to stop being lazy. Harsh, but true. So if you come to me and tell me you don't have time, I will call you a liar. If you come to me and tell me that, you know, you're too tired at, after work, I will call you lazy. And if you come to me and tell me that you can't do it, I'm here to tell you that you can because I've done it. I've lived through it. I've seen, you know, how how tough it could be, but I've also seen how rewarding it could be. So the p- second part to my friend's question, how did it how has it helped shape you not just physically? Guys, me losing the weight changed who I was. I would not be speaking into this podcast or interviewing anybody for that matter. I would be scared to go up and speak to anybody for three minutes, for 30 seconds. I'd be scared. I was so scared of public speaking. Now, I literally hog the mic. You know, my friends will attest to that. I I do. It's something that I like to do. It challenges me. Now, it changed the way I am because it gave me confidence. Like I said, my obligation in life is to help people regain their confidence. This is how I did it. I lost the weight, changed my lifestyle, changed the way I spoke, changed the way I did things, and I challenged myself by doing that. For example, I joined Toastmasters in Toronto. I, Like I said, I was never able to speak in front of a crowd, and, and you know, maybe a couple weeks later, I was speaking in front of 30, 40 people. I joined a group called Deca Ryerson, and to my Deca people out there, love you guys. You guys have literally changed my life. Um, and I will never forget anybody. And uh, Deca Ryerson is a business case competition team. And I know a lot of high schools are doing it right now, and I'm hoping it goes to middle schools. But there are really what you get is 30 minutes to read a business case and 10 or 15 minutes to present. And it makes you, it forces you to jump out of your comfort zone. So long story short, guys, I know that's kind of a, you know, a long answer instead of a short one, but losing the weight gave me the confidence that I needed to be where I am today. I don't think I would have the job that I have if, you know, I was still overweight. I don't think that I would be doing this podcast thing if I was still overweight. I don't think I'd be writing my book if I was still overweight. I don't think I'd be great at meeting people if I was still overweight. And the reason why was because I lacked the confidence to do it. I'm not saying that if you're a big person, you don't have the confidence. I'm saying that in my experience, losing the weight made me think differently. Like I said before, challenge your body, you challenge your mind. It made me think differently. It gave me clearer thoughts. It made me genuinely a happier person in life. And happy to tell you guys how I did it. We're going to jump into that in a few other podcasts. But, uh, you know, I'll probably be doing a blog on this. So log on to shivrad.com and get some more information. And again, guys, if you need help, message me and I will help you. And that is a promise. That's what I'm here for. So everyone, I actually have a confession to make and I apologize if I'm offending anybody in advance, but I will say it. Three words, I hate pizza. I'm sorry if I'm offending pizza lovers, I just don't like it. I just don't like the texture. I don't like cheese on the tomatoes and the crust and blah, blah, blah. I'm not a fan. My friend asked if I had, for someone who hates pizza, if I had to eat pizza, what would the toppings be? And the answer is just a whole bunch of lean chicken no cheese, no nothing, and I would literally pour the chicken onto a plate throughout the crust, throughout the dough, and eat the chicken. I hope that answers your question. <laughs> the next one is, who are your closest friends? 
Tell me about how they impact your life, especially when you live so far. Love the question. I'm not going to name names. I know you guys are trying to get me to do that. Uh, but listen, my friends have a huge impact on my life. And my very close friends are not, they're not friends, they're family. And I'll say this because, you know, I've been through so much, been through the weight loss, been through, you know, my dad passing away, been through the move to Australia. My friends have been there for me every single step of the way. You know, when my dad passed away, all of my friends, all of my close friends came to my house that night. Didn't ask him to, they just did. And to me, that's something that I will never, ever forget. That that means so much to me. And, uh, you know, like I said, friend, my friends are not my friends, they're my family. Being all the way in Australia, it actually, you know, it makes us, I think we're closer than ever. You know, we don't talk every single day. We don't argue about these stupid little things. Um, we don't argue about whether we should go to Tim Hortons or Starbucks. We, uh, we, we, we speak, you know, on WhatsApp. We, we let them, you know, I let them know what's going on in my life. I ask them what's going on in theirs. They tell me, I tell them back and forth, you know, pump each other up a little bit and, uh, you know, speak to them next week. But my friends, again, such a huge impact in my life because I know that no matter where I am in the world, I will always have my family, my very close friend circle back in Toronto because that's the way we are. Um, we grow together. We grow together while we, we lose together. We win together. And that's what makes us um, such good friends. For you know, another example, I went to Europe um, a few weeks ago for a friend's bachelor party, and that was so much fun. Haven't seen the guys in a few months, and it was just great to meet up with them. You know, on a part of the world, some other side of the world. You know, I flew all the way from Australia; they flew from Toronto, and we met. We all met there, and it was ten days of just partying and fun, and it just it made me realize how much I miss these guys. And, uh, and yeah, and, and to the, to the girls back home, you know, to my, to my very close friends out there, you know, Simmer, Mom to Sarah, I won't name them all, but, uh, you know, these girls are, are so amazing and, um, you know, we've been friends for so long and yes, we don't talk every single day, but you know, they mean so much to me. And again, they're, they're a huge, huge part of our family. So again, guys, I love my friends. Uh, again, friends are family. So the next question is, guys, who are your closest friends? And tell me about how they impact your life, especially when you live so far away. Great question. I'm not going to name names because I think that's what you guys want me to do. Um, <laughs> my friends have such a huge impact on my life. And it goes back to it goes back to elementary school. I mean, a lot of my friends we've we've met back in elementary school, a lot of them, you know, middle school, high school. We've kept in contact. We are not friends. I would say we're family. You know, I remember the day my dad passed away, the night he passed away, a lot of my closest friends showed up to my house without even, I didn't even ask them to come. They just showed up. And, and, and again, it's because we're, we're family. You know, we, we went through all these experiences together. And, and to be honest, I cherish that. And it's something, it's a memory that I will never, ever forget. Uh, my friends mean a lot to me. And I think that we're actually closer the fact that I'm in Australia and they're they're all back home, it it's good. We don't argue about whether we should go to Tim Hortons or Starbucks for a coffee. Um, we you know the, every single conversation we have is meaningful, and and again that's something that I, I, I cherish. You, you message them you know here and there on WhatsApp on on you know iMessage, 
FaceTime them. You know, my friend just had a baby, so sometimes we we FaceTime just so I can see the uh, the baby. To me, all that's very special. You know, it kind of brings me closer to home, um, being so far away. So friends have such a huge impact. Friendship in general is so important. I think it's very important to get out there and meet people. Here in Australia, I've met such amazing people as well. Um, you know, lifelong friends, for example, my, my flatmate, which is my roommate. Um, you know, we're, we're best buds. He's, he's almost like a brother. And, uh, you know, very, very happy to develop these relationships. Like I said at the very beginning, you know, the best thing about being in Australia, and if I ever leave, the best thing it will be to bring back is the relationships that I've built. You know, I work with two guys at work, and we call, we call ourselves the dream team. And again, these guys are, are they're brothers, they're family. We go through a lot of experiences together. And, you know, whether they are in, whether my friends are in Australia or in Canada, I think that friendship in general is so damn important for overall health in life. Shiv, are you a morning person? And I know that they're, they're asking this question on purpose because they know the answer is hell to the yes, I'm a huge morning person. Listen, I almost got killed a few weeks ago in Europe when I was with my buddies, um, <laughs> I would w try to wake them up at 9 or 9.30 every single morning just so we can get out the door. Listen, I didn't fly all the way from Australia to Europe to sleep until 2 p.m. It's just not my thing. My number one rule on vacation is I don't sleep in hungover or not, tired or not. I'm going to get my ass out the door and enjoy what I'm there to do. Now, it, the other backstory is I remember when I used to commute to Toronto from Brampton. I'd pick up two of my friends in the morning and, you know, I'd be in the front blasting some soca music and reggae and just dancing and laughing and, and speaking really loudly. And they'd be in the back just ready to jump out of the window. So, uh, yeah, I'm a huge morning person. And again, like I said, guys, I listen to, you know, Tony Robbins podcast or Tim Ferriss podcast or I read a lot in the morning. The mornings are my time for, for Shiv. I take a lot of time out in the morning and focus on me. Because I know that, you know, the eight hours or 10 hours that I'm during the day, I'm at work or, um, you know, I'm doing I'm doing something. I'm using my mind for something different other than other than Shiv. So, yeah, I, you know, the mornings are, are very precious to me. Again, I like to start off the morning with a big meal as well. So I like to wake up early and, and get that done. So if you're not a morning person, try it. Please wake up an hour earlier. If you say you don't have time for the gym, wake up that 20 or 30 minutes earlier, do some air squats, do some push-ups, do some pull-ups if you have a pull-up bar in your, in your room or house, you know, maybe read a book, read a couple motivational quotes in the morning. I guarantee you, your entire day will change and you'll have that positive attitude throughout the day. What music has influenced you the most? I love music. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of reggae, I'm a big fan of soca, being from, you know, the Trinidad culture. I love that stuff. Caravan in Toronto, I can't wait. I'm coming back for it. Uh, that music kind of influences me. It really gives me the pump up. So when I'm at the gym and I'm not listening to a podcast, I throw on a little bit of reggae, throw on a little bit of soca, and uh, that really gets me going. Now, this is a really good question from a friend in Toronto, and he asks, what stresses you out and how do you deal with stress? Now, love that question, and what stresses me out? I think that, you know, my general job, in, you know, I'm, I'm in sales at a tech company. I think that it's a stressful job, but it's a good type of stress. When I say stress, I don't mean I go home and I pull my hair out. I mean the stress that keeps me on, on top of my toes. I mean, 
it's a numbers-based company. We are we're numbers driven. You know, I mean, we're all given a quota, and and being in sales, you want to you don't want to just hit that quota. You want to smash it out of the park because you want to make the commissions, you want to make the bonus, and you want to be on top of the roster. So, I think that yeah, you know, work stresses me out, but it's kind of a good stress. Now, how do I deal with it? I go to the gym. I think the gym really really helps me deal with stress or talking to my friends sometimes i call them and maybe i call them a little too often guys let me know if i do but uh that calms me down and it really really helps me get back to the correct mind frame i think that if you are stressed out find what is stressing you out and try to turn it off a little bit if you have a job that you you really have to take home cool but you know, spend that extra hour with your family. Wake up an hour earlier. Spend it with your kids, or your wife, or your husband, or your significant other, and and really try to take an hour out of the day and and not focus on it. And I think that for me, you know, as soon as I come home, when I'm at the gym, I leave my phone at home. I I leave. I don't watch my emails. I am at the gym because I'm focusing on me and I'm focusing on my health, and that really really helps me uh, deal with stress. Just picked up boxing. Boxing is the most amazing thing dealing with stress. Honestly, you get to punching those bags. You give it all you got. It's amazing what 30 seconds of full-on boxing will do to your body. Um, that really, really helps me with stress. So I recommend boxing. If you don't know how to deal with it, guys, boxing really, really helped me out. Ladies and gents, trust me, I can keep going for hours, but I want to be mindful of your time. There are so many more questions, but let's leave that for another podcast. I hope by now you feel a little closer to me. I hope by now you know a little bit more about me. And if you don't, all good, not to worry. In the next few episodes, you're definitely going to get to know who I am. If you missed anything, don't worry. Log on to shivrad.com for a recording of this podcast, S-H-I-V-R-A-D.com. And you should also check out my blog post. Now, guys, if I can leave you with one word of advice, it is this. Never be afraid to try something new. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for supporting me. All my friends and family around the globe, thank you so much for your support. Shiv, a.k.a. The Knife, out.